Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So Psalms 91, and you can actually, I'm going to have you go to um, James chapter 4. But I'm going to read Psalms 91 here and we can just uh, go over this. But And you can, you can agree with me. But what we've been looking at is the secret place. And this is the fourth part of this series. But it says this, Psalms 91.1, and you're going to James 4. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. We talked about this. David is in such a place of fellowship with the Father that he is making radical declarations that the world does not understand. And much of the church does not understand. He's making declarations that are unreasonable to the natural mind. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind to stand up in the middle of scary situations and say, none of these things are going to hurt me. In the church and even in the world, that's called arrogance, it's called foolishness, it's called things that it shouldn't be called in the church. It's called, oh, you don't, you, you can't say things like that. David, if David were around today and he was declaring these things, we see, the thing is, and this is, and this is something that I've watched through the years, it's easy to paint the tombs of the prophets and reject what they said today. In Jesus' day, that was the problem he had. He looked at the religious leaders of his day and he said, you decorate, you paint the tombs of the prophets and the, ones they, the, the, the one they prophesied about is standing in front of you and yet you want to kill me. So what did he declare over them? You're just as guilty of the blood of the prophets that your fathers killed. Isn't that interesting? It's easy to look back and go, yes, I believe that. But now you're in the middle of it. What are you going to believe? It's easy to read revival books and talk about the fact that you believe these things. But now you're in the middle of it. What are you going to do? What are you going to declare? Are you going to allow fear to close your mouth? Or are you going to stand up and allow faith to rise within you and declare what the word says over you and your family? Are you going to allow circumstance to determine your doctrine? Or are you going to allow God's word and his faith within you to rise up and allow him to empower you to stand in the middle of circumstances that are horrible and declare his word over the circumstance? Are you going to allow circumstances to change your confession? Or are you going to stand with your confession of faith until your circumstances change? You say, wow, it got deep quick. Well, you're the ones that showed up. (laughs) Let's pray and believe God. Use your faith with me. Father, we do. We just come before you in Jesus' name. We believe you for utterance. Lord, open our eyes, let us see, and Lord, we open our hearts and allow your faith words to come in. And Lord, as we do, we know that we are not required to be the power. You are the power. We acknowledge it. We, sh- we shun and, and separate 
uh, thoughts of the enemy of doubt and unbelief and fear. We, don't, we are not moved by what we see or what we feel, but we're moved by what we believe. We will be led by your spirit. We'll, we not, we'll not be those that are dominated by natural wisdom and fear and natural knowledge alone. But we will stand on your word and believe you. That you will stretch forth your mighty right hand and do a mighty work. Not only in our lives personally, Lord, but then also in this nation. We believe you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So it says, surely he will deliver us from the perilous pestilence. Can we believe that? Is God faithful? He shall cover us with his feathers and under his wings we shall take refuge. His truth is our shield and our buckler. We shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord who is our refuge, even the Most High, our dwelling place. No evil will befall us, nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. In their hands they bear us up, lest we dash our foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, we trample under the foot. And then the Lord declares to us, because you have set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver you. I will set you on high because you have known my name. He says, when you call upon me, I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. Do you see that? This is the promise of the Lord. Did you notice that he's with you in trouble? That's good, isn't it? You're not alone in trouble. People will come to me and they'll say, well, I just feel so alone. That's because you're in your feeling, not in your faith. If you, if you, when you're walking close to the Lord, when you're walking in fellowship with him, this is not something that I'm declaring to you. This is something that the word of the Lord is declaring to you. When you have close fellowship with him, loneliness goes away. Because you're conscious of the fact of what? That he is with me in the midst of this. And he's, if he's with me in the midst, it's not just that he's going to, and people have tried to reduce God to this, especially in the church when they've developed doctrine out of circumstance instead of out of truth, and they've had to try and explain things that they didn't understand, and what they ended up doing was really creating unbelief in their life and a section of unbelief. It's not just that God comforts you in your trouble. You notice that he delivers you from your trouble. And just as much as you're believing that he is with you, you need to believe that he's delivering you. I'm coming out. You say, how can you say that? Because he said it. And if I hear it and I believe it and I do, then I can say it with him with confidence. And there will always be doubt and unbelief. There will always be naysayers. There will always be those, not only in the world, of course, mockers, but also in the church who will say, oh, you're just one of those people that believes that God does everything that he said he was going to do. And you just don't function in reality. And, and don't you know that... And you're always going to have to fight that. That will never end. So what kind of believer are you? What kind of believer am I? Am I the kind that I can stand with Paul and say, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto 
What kind will you be? What kind will you, who will you be? I'm not saying you have to be obnoxious, but I guarantee you, you want to declare truth in front of man so that the father goes, yeah, he did it. She did it. Let people think what they're going to think. Let them say what they're going to say. Let other, even, even people that do, they believe that Jesus is the son of God, that they're going to heaven when they die. But they believe that God doesn't do what he said he was going to do today in the scriptures in regards to these protections and things like that. Let them mock, rejoice in it because you're being persecuted with Jesus. Count it an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. You're, you're walking with the, you mock me for my belief. Thank you. My faith in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is an honor. We count it an honor. The disciples did this when they were persecuted. They come together and say, thank you, Lord, that we're able, that we're counted worthy to be persecuted for your name. We need to get this mentality in us. Why? Because it's a fearless mentality. It's not a fearful mentality. He's with me in trouble. He delivers me and he's honoring me. Say it with me. I will, I will. receive honor. Receive. Now, what do you say? What are you saying? Now we expect it. We say, how do we expect it? I just haven't seen it yet. Yep, you're back in your scene. Get out of it. Get back in your spirit. It's coming. Your scene will come. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. But that doesn't mean we have to wait forever. <laughs> it's a coming. Amen. It's on the way. Amen. So he delivers us. He honors. He sets us on high. Well, that doesn't sound like on low. Verse 15, we call upon him and he answers. I know we looked at the other half of this, but did the Lord, does the Lord answer? Should you go around saying it just doesn't feel like the Lord answers my prayers? No, he answers your prayers. So then people say, well, then what is the solution? We need to adjust, not him. We need to adjust. Well, it's a very difficult situation. It's not very... If you get into all of that, you'll stay out of, he will answer me. You've got to decide. I'm going to choose one or the other here. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. Amen? Say it with me. Say, he answers me. I get answers. Every time. Praise God. Amen? With long life, he will what? If you're not satisfied, keep living. Just keep living. He'll satisfy you with his salvation. You ever look up that word salvation? Wholeness, soundness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broke. It has to do with... Uh, every aspect of your life, actually, from the fit, natural to the spiritual, all of it, including your mind, will, and emotions. It covers the whole thing. That's what salvation is. Salvation is not just a free ticket to heaven. That's part of the deal. Praise the Lord. But heaven coming into you. Amen. All right. Praise God. So he'll satisfy us with his salvation. So we were talking about this, we were talking about these things, and I would, if I were you, I'd do this, I would go through and declare what I'm supposed to declare through Psalms 91, and then get down to where God says what he says to me, and then declare that this is who God is to me. I do this, and I declare it over my family. 
I, I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus, which is covenant, over my kids, over my family, over my extended family, over the church. I do it. I use my faith for you. I use my faith for my family. I use my faith for me and my kids. Why? Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we have victory in Jesus. Amen? So he goes on to say, or he talks about these different blessings, and, and you need to declare those. This is what I'm going to say. And then you need to go down and go, okay, Lord, this is what you said over me. So that I declare this is who you are to me. Lord, you, you honor me. You deliver me. You, you protect me. You satisfy me with long life. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, that means long life in eternity. No, there's no death in eternity. So it's not long life in eternity. It's forever life. So it's not long. So it has to be for here. I don't need to declare long life when I'm in heaven. There's no enemy there. Amen? I need to declare it here. You say, why do you want to, be, why do you want to live a long life? Because I'm a faith person, and I'm going to pass it on to the next generation. And the longer I live, the more generations I get to impact. I want to be so old, the old people call me old. Who's that guy? How old is that? He's 103. How old are you? 85. I'm pretty old, but that guy is old, man. Amen? You want to be so blessed, the blessed people call you... Right? Okay? So why? Because the longer you live, the more you know the Lord, the closer in fellowship, the more you can pass on to the younger generation. Come on, we need to think of somebody else besides ourselves. Amen? We have the nature of the one who will lay down his life for the, all humanity living inside of us. Greater is he. And that greater is not just over sickness and disease, it's over selfishness. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to get greater and greater revelation of love, and it's actually going to break out the, the miracles that people have been believing, we've been believing for. It's actually going to be the catalyst, one of the main catalysts to, to the, the massive moves of compassion that are going to happen, where the, the sick will be healed irregardless of their faith. You say, how can you say that? Because Jesus demonstrated it. The Bible says he was moved with compassion, and he healed them It doesn't say they were in faith. <laughs> Come on. This is so good. But we can be in faith that that's going to take place. I don't know about you, but if I'm in faith and nobody else is and the healing wave hits the whole place, I'll just jump in whether I'm sick or not and just take it all in. I mean, we're in the overflow. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Aren't you thankful? So we're talking about these principles. We're talking about these blessings. So let's talk about principles of fellowship this morning. James chapter 4 verse 7. First thing we need to do is draw near to him. If you're going to be close, if you're going to dwell in the secret place, you have to draw near to him. Now this is interesting because the book of James is written to Christians. So they're already saved. So why would a saved person have to draw near to God? So this is, this is the thinking here, okay? Don't think in terms of, I'm not one with God, because you are. But mentally, and in your soul faculty, you have to keep yourself out of certain thinking and draw near to God. Okay? So you're not, your position is not changing. Spiritually, your position remains the same. 
If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? The old things have passed away. The two now have become what? One. You're one with the Lord. He who is with the Lord or has the Lord is one spirit with him. Well, why does it feel like I'm distant from him? See, you need to draw near. It's a soul issue, not a spirit issue. You're not cognizant of who's in you. You're not cognizant of the fact that you can walk up to the throne at any time and go, I'm here. And the Father says, yes, let's talk. Let's fellowship. Outside of just, Lord, let me tell you all my problems. Just fellowship, draw near. So James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, for, he will flee from you. He will what? He will what? He will what? See, your job is to submit. His job is to... Yeah. Your job is to submit. You resist the enemy and he does what? He flees. Okay? He's a flea. All right. So, draw near to God and he will... Well, I thought we were one. Yeah, but you got to understand how this works. You need awareness of the reality of who God is in your life. You're drawing near to him. He's drawing near to you. It's not that you're, there's this distance. It's that you're getting more and more understanding. It's, an, it's good to have understanding or knowledge of God. But knowledge of God is not just information. It's revelation. And if you're going to have information, that's good. There are a lot of people that know a lot about God. I believe the religious leaders of Jesus' day knew, had a lot of information, but they did not have a lot of revelation. In other words, they didn't know God like they thought they did. They had a paper, ink on paper understanding of God, not a spirit to spirit understanding of God. Now, ink on paper plays a part of understanding God, but fellowship and knowing God, it's one thing to know my wife's name. It's another thing to be married to her and know her. Come on, Jesus, right? In other words, I know her at a level that other people don't know her. Amen? And that's what God's saying. He wants to, you to draw near to him, and he draws near to you. And you have fellowship, and this is part of dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. So draw nigh, or draw near, to draw near, it actually has to do with worship. And he draws near to us. The believers in James' congregation had drawn away from the Lord. And if you look at the context of all of this through carnality, sin had overcome their lives. They had become hypocrites. The Greek word for draw nigh was used of the priests in the Old Testament who were fully qualified to enter into the presence of God. And in a wider sense, a man's approach to God in worship. So it has to do with worship. So how am I going to draw near to God? I'm going to have to worship him. People say, well, how do I worship him? Well, one of the main ways, obviously, is committing your life to him wholly, your body, your everything. But, but another way is this. When you're in your time with the Lord, whether it be a devotion time or just a time where you're set aside to be in fellowship with him, it has to do with the idea of, Lord, I just honor you and I bless you. I just draw near to you right now. I come close. I heard a, a prayer, uh, a lady who, who teaches on prayer say this, and even down at Ramah they, had, Ramah, they had said this to us as well. Imagine in your heart that there's a string or a line from your heart to God, and then draw near. Because you're connected to Him. Think in terms of that. 
Get God in your mind thinking about him. Because when you're focused on him, you can hear from him. You ever had a conversation with somebody, but you're really not listening? Because you're not focused on them? You have your focus somewhere else? Something's distracting you, so you're not fully hearing? It's the same way with God. But what does worship do? Worship focuses attention. Worship has a drawing near effect. Because you're focusing on him. When we sing, when we sing songs, worship songs, and you're focused on those words, what happens? You're saying words, but it, you, your tongue steers you in the right direction. I can go through James and show you that. You know, the tongue is a what? It's like a rudder, right? It's like a bit in a horse's mouth. How do you steer a horse? With a bit, right? So your tongue is just like the rudder of a ship. If you turn it, if you speak a certain direction, if you focus your words like in worship a certain direction, you'll begin to draw, steer towards God. And as you do that, he does what? Steers toward Now, God's already made all the moves necessary for you to make moves toward him. He doesn't need to do anything else. We do. You ever notice some people seem like they have a closer relationship to the Lord than others? There's a reason. They draw near. Amen. Sometimes people don't have answers to things because they haven't taken the time to draw near. They just haven't. Do you tell everything you know about you to everybody you know? Why do you think God's any different? There are things that my wife knows about me that none of you will ever know. Why? Level of drawing near, level of intimacy in the relationship. There is a secret place that the Lord has established just for you. So don't just think, I mean, you can think broad. You can think general in the, in the terms of covenant. Like we all have a secret place with the Father. But the reality is, is that there is a specific place for you and God alone where your spouse doesn't even get a go. Now they have their own. But I'm talking about your relationship with the Lord. Okay? He has a specific place in relationship for you. God is amazing. Seven billion people on the planet. And he has enough space to relate and have close relationship on a level that we haven't understood totally. Well, I'll just put it to you like this. You have the ability to know God like Jesus did. And does. I'm going to say that again because some of you don't believe it. But, it. but it's true nonetheless. And I need it to jar you and you need to think this way. You have, you have been given by Jesus Christ the ability as you draw close to God to have fellowship with him as the same as Jesus did when he was on the earth. Come on. Think with me now. Jesus said, Father, I pray that they are one with you as you and I are. And he didn't just pray it, he fulfilled it. <laughs> Woo, I could run on that one. Glory to God. In other words, the same way Jesus walked in faith and fellowship with the Father, you can. Now, if you hear that and you resist that and you know it's in the word, it won't work for you because you're not drawing near and you can be saved and still not have it. I mean by that, what I mean by that is not have it in experience. It's yours in spiritual law, but in experience, you have to act on it. Amen?
Is that true? Okay. There are, it's, it's a truth. It's a fact in the spirit that you actually are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you say, well, what do I need to do? It just doesn't seem like that's the case. You need to take those words, set them before you. Ephesians 2, 6, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then you need to take James 4, 8 and go, Lord, I draw near to you on this truth. Thank you that you're going to draw near to me. I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You and I have been made one. We're no longer divided by my sins. We're no longer divided by, by uh, uh, wrath or rejection. We've now been made one. We actually, I have peace with you, Father, through my Lord Jesus Christ. And I come to you and you're going to reveal to me how close we are. And then you're going to get a knowledge of it. And out of that knowledge comes a boldness. And out of that fellowship comes a confidence and a peace and a rest. To where you've now been working and living in this secret place. To the point you start to say ridiculous things in the world's eyes. You begin to declare and speak things like David did. No plague shall come near. <laughs> oh, glory. Some of you got that. <laughs> you saw it. See, I'm not just, it's not just about just rattling off like a parrot with what the preacher said. It's about knowing your father. It's not about you mimicking or copying somebody else. It's about knowing him. Amen? It's about knowing him. Drawing near to God. This is an invitation from God to dwelling with Him in the secret place. He is saying to all of us that there is a deeper level of relationship available with Him if we are willing to take time to draw close or to approach uh, that relation, that part of the relationship with Him. This invitation is for sinner and saint alike. I know James has written specifically to the saints. I understand that. But God is still saying to the rest of the world, come near. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. People say, well, I have all these problems. I remember one time I was doing some street preaching. And we were going through talking to people. And I walked up to this guy and I said, has, God ever, or has anybody ever told you that God loves you? He's got a wonderful plan for your life. And I started to share the gospel with him. And he just starts crying. And he said, well, you don't understand. I said, what don't I understand? Well, once I get rid of all these things in my life, then I'll come back to God. I said, no, 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 you won't. I said, you come just as you are. Yeah, but I'm a drug dealer. I don't care what you are. You come. And as you draw near to him, he does what? He takes the drug dealer out of you. Sorry, there's probably not a lot of drug dealers in here. So he'll take the offended out of you. He'll take the hurt feelings out of you. He'll take the it's not fair out of you. He'll take the self-pity out of you, the selfishness. He'll take all the things that are the accumulation of the hurts of your life and deliver you. If you draw near, you'll stand up in the middle of the situation and go, people will go, oh, I remember how you used to be. You say, that man died. I'm whole now. 
in him. Amen? It's just so powerful. You can draw near. The invitation is to you. People say, you don't understand what I've done. I understand what Jesus did. I I mean, I guess we could compare stories, you and I. I might win. Well, you just don't know. Well, you don't know much either because I haven't shared too much. (laughs) There's this place of knowing. And when you draw near and he draws near and you get to know God and all of a sudden you realize, what have I been doing with my life? And the Lord says, not drawing near to me. (laughs) And then he begins to instruct you on how to live, how to be, and what he's made you to be. And out of that comes radical boldness in the face of terror on the earth. Strength. Worship. A life of surrender. Fearlessness in the face of what the enemy tries to do. And you say, I wish I had that. Draw near. Don't don't try. Let the Lord develop it in you. Amen? Let him develop it. Let him grow that in you. Out of that relationship with him. Praise God. So the first thing then is drawing near. And, and next week we'll, we'll take a look at this because we're done today. But next week we'll take a look at this. The second one will be be still or make yourself still. Be still and know that he is God. He is God. No man is. No world system is. He is God. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? So we're going to make a practice of this this week, drawing near to him. Guys, I don't know how long some of this stuff's going to go on. I don't know if they're going to cancel school. You know, our kids are in public school. And so, um, you know, they're talking and setting up ways to where they can do school from home and all that stuff. I don't know what, you know, in this, in the, just in the natural sense, I don't know what the progression is going to be of the week, but what are we going to do? Are we going to draw near? Is it going to do us any good to get in fear and lock our lives up in fear, being afraid to do anything or go anywhere? People say, well, you're saying uh, we shouldn't, you know, do the natural things that, that the CDC recommends. Go ahead. Why, why have you not been cleaning your house? That's my question. Well, I, I, I do not understand this, okay? I just don't get it. But uh, whatever. I mean, people do what they do and they live how they live. Well, I mean, why have you not been washing your hands? You know, I mean, that's just common sense. But don't allow fear to rule you. Be led by the Holy Spirit in your life. If you hear the Lord say, don't go to this place, don't go. But don't sit at home and go, I wonder why he told me not to go there. I wonder if I would have gone if I would have died. See, this is how the enemy works. 
Be led by the Spirit of God. Don't be led by fear. Pray over your food. What if there's somebody? We went to a movie the other night, and I was goofing around with the guy. He was, you know, we ordered some popcorn. You know, I said, did you put hand sanitizer on the popcorn? Because why? What? Come on. How much of the things you, you touch in a day, how much do you think has germs on them? The government will never be able to protect us. Ever. Ever. I'm thankful for order. I'm thankful for what they can do, but they are not God. They are not. How many have flown on an airplane before? Oh, you took your life into your hands. Come on, you got you drove here in a car. Do you know how many people die in car accidents every year? Guys, don't yield to it. Draw near to the Father. Be strong. Encourage our brothers and sisters in the Lord to trust in the Father. To trust in Him. And let's believe God. I really do believe. I've sensed this in my heart and I've heard other ministers say it that are more you know, well-known. They have a broader reach in the kingdom, in their place, in their authority. I really do believe the Lord's going to turn this thing. And I think it's on its way down by far. I mean, the amount of people that have recovered, even in China, guys. Amen? Just naturally. You say naturally, yeah, because God designed you to beat viruses. Besides that, coronavirus is not new. It's been around for years. It has been. Read the back of your Clorox wipes thing. It says it on there. They didn't just come out with that now that this happened. Ranchers and farmers know. They've had antibiotics for coronavirus for years. It's not new. Nothing is new under the sun. Nothing. So what are we going to do? Enjoy our lives. You say, well, what if, what if the uh, government says that we can't meet in a public space? Then I'll come here and stand here, and Josh will be right there, and we'll do live stream, and I'll minister to you in your house. Yeah, my, my wife's like, I'm going to be here too, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or what if they say, well, you can't meet more than 50. We'll break it up into two services. We'll do 50 apiece. <laughs> Where does it end with them? If we don't give them power, we'll be fine. Talking about the enemy or the people that want to rule and try and rule in fear. God is bigger. How many made it through swine flu? You know how many people had swine flu? In the U.S.? 60 million. You know how many died? Between 12 and 18,000. 300,000 were hospitalized. That was in 2009. <laughs> in other words, this is not that big a deal. 
There's, there's deeper things going on. Amen? But we're going to remain in faith. Father, we just honor you and bless you. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for protecting us. Thank you for your blood. We plead the blood over every member of this church. Lord, we plead the blood over our families in the name of Jesus. We speak peace over them. We speak life over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, give the leaders wisdom from you. And we resist fear. We come against it. In the name of Jesus, we submit to the fruit of the Spirit, to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has made us free from the law of sin and death. And we do declare, Lord, you keep us, you protect us, you watch over us, and we dwell in the secret place. And Lord, we will meditate on your truths until we are more confident in those than anything else. Faith arise. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you that you're ministering healing to those that are sick in body, Lord. That have those symptoms of that sickness in them. Lord, whether it be that virus or any virus or flu or anything. Lord Jesus, we speak life over them. Healing. Strength. Father, we believe with you and ask with you for wisdom for medical professionals, Lord, for, for uh, vaccines and things like that, Father, that, will, that are out of your wisdom and your knowledge to help, to strengthen, to lengthen and heal people of disease and illness to, and sickness. Lord, give wisdom, give understanding. We ask it, we believe you for it, we thank you for it. You are so good to us, Father. We are so grateful. And we go in faith and in peace and in rest. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, we'll be here Wednesday night uh, for Bible study. Um, so we'll look forward to seeing you then. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.